0: Tracy, remember in like the 2000s or like the financial crisis and everyone- I can
1: barely remember last year, but (laughs) go on.
0: And everyone said, oh, it's such a tragedy. People could have been curing cancer, but then they they were spending their time coming up with like more and more complex derivatives. (laughs) And then I feel like for the 2010s, that morphed to all the smart people could have been curing cancer, but they spent their time getting more ads onto like tiny phone screens and stuff like that.
1: This is the whole like software sucking up the entire economy idea. But yes, I do remember that criticism. There was a lot of thought that went into how to best advertise on the Internet. And in fact, I think we had an episode at one point about how the Internet was actually powered purely by ads. Right.
0: No, I mean, it more or less seems to be. I mean, I guess people do pay for something, but it also feels like that era both sort of from a macro standpoint and maybe a micro standpoint, is coming to a close again, again, another decade pivot, because we have seen a lot of these internet mega companies like meaningfully start to slow growth. The business models aren't firing on all cylinders as they once were. And then just sort of like tech in general from macro reasons uh, seems to be, it's it, it had better days.
1: Right, interest rates are going up, and so a lot of the valuations of big tech companies are coming down. But also to the business model point, I think this is interesting. Because initially, you know, we talk about uh, very smart people going to tech firms and venture capital and spending a lot of mental energy there trying to figure out the business model. But to some extent, it feels like the easy gains are kind of behind us, right? It was, you create a product, you get everyone on your particular platform or using your product or whatever, And then you make a bunch of money. And now it feels like things are changing.
0: Absolutely. I mean, look at a company like um, Facebook, for example, is just this, you know, they're really having to work for it. Like their 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 model is stressed right now. And there is the rise of TikTok and so forth. Every one of these companies, it feels like to some extent. After creating a decade of like the best money vacuuming up machines that were ever created, Mm. are now like they kind of have to really work for it now.
1: Yeah, and come up with, let's say, more creative strategies. And one of the things we've seen recently is something from Apple.
0: Right. And so one of the stories is that Apple has this incredible position in the ecosystem because so many people own an iPhone and they pull out the first thing they interact with is the iPhone to get to the internet. And they have a lot of power over these other companies in terms of, you know, what shows up on that iPhone and how.
1: Right. And again, they're having to be more creative in making money off of those products. Right. The iPhone is getting more technologically advanced. You don't have to necessarily buy one every year. Uh, People are holding on to them for longer. So how do you. Rest more money out of that particular customer base.
0: Such a tragedy. Companies are having <laughs> trouble resting more money out of their customer base. What a, what a terrible situation. Anyway, without further ado, I want to talk more about online advertising, this world, the challenges all these companies are facing. We're going to be speaking with our colleague Mark Bergen. He's a reporter here at Bloomberg, and he is the author of a recently published book like, comment, subscribe inside YouTube's chaotic rise, to world domination. So Mark, thank you so much for coming on Odd Lots, and congratulations on the book. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks so, for having me. So first of all, like why a book about YouTube now? Why do we, why'd you do this project?
2: Yeah, YouTube is this uh, kind of a sleeping giant in social media. It's someone described it as like this iceberg that no one ever really talks about as much for, for yeah. a variety of reasons. Uh, I see YouTube as both the past and now future of, of social media. And it was the first company to pay online broad podcasters and invented the creator economy. And now we're seeing with TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, you, Twitch, you name it, are all moving in this direction. Social media is no longer your friends and family and your acquaintances. It is influencers. Mm. It is celebrity. It is a game built around commerce. Uh, and this is a
0: world that, that YouTube very much created. Should we be telling OddLots listeners to like, comment, and subscribe? Other podcasts do that. I mean, it's an effective call to action. All right,
1: everyone, like, comment, and subscribe on OddLots wherever you find it. Okay, but you, uh, well, we were talking in the intro about this Mm -hmm. idea that the sort of like easy gains are over for social media. And it is true. We've seen all these new issues also come up like antitrust when it yeah. comes to Facebook and Google, um, content regulation when it comes to YouTube, who should be the arbiters of what's true and what isn't. Are the easy days over for social media?
2: Uh, I think, I mean, YouTube's business has grown tremendously. Uh, and, and part of it was because they really didn't kind of lock into their commercial success until 2014, 2015. Mm. So we only the only data we have available is beginning in 2017 for their ads business. But 2017, that was around $8 billion. Last year, it was close to 29 billion, wow. uh, pretty phenomenal growth. They just took off their, the pandemic um, when the viewership numbers and we're all stuck at home watching, you, there were studios, Hollywood studios were shut down, like YouTube became the default media aesthetic and uh, a, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of you know yoga for videos. Just the hours have just exploded. Um, but the, the business has been crippled. I think you could make the argument more by Apple's changes than by any any regulation thus far. All
0: right, let's jump right into it. So Apple, they say, oh, we're the defenders of privacy. And now I always get these alerts on my phone. It's like, do you still want to be broadcasting information to that app? It looks like maybe you haven't rethought this or something, which I imagine is not great for those apps when I click no.
2: Yeah, I mean, there were people in in Google and Facebook, uh, less so at, at Google, but they will gripe privately. Facebook started to do it publicly. like. It, Apple is now building out a a search advertising business. They're starting to hire more people like they have. This is a a really savvy move. They've marketed themselves as the privacy first company. They have restricted online cookies on iPhones and like kneecapped uh, a lot of potential digital rivals. I think the one way to, to look at it is, you know, this is they are making the they are driving this this force movement towards less behavioral and targeted advertising, the sort of foundation for the internet economy of the last two decades. Uh, the cynical view is that they have found a pretty effective way to build out a competing business to Google yeah. uh, without the world really knowing it.
1: Hmm. Well, OK, so first of all, if you talk to Apple about this, they will say it's about privacy yes. concerns. If you talk to their competitors, like YouTube or Facebook, they will probably yes. say this is a revenue grab. How are you thinking about it, and what are the sort of like clues or evidence on either side? Yeah, I
2: think Google is a really interesting test case. It has this um, frenemy relationship with Apple. They are competitors, certainly, in, in obviously in smartphone markets. Uh, Google's kind of gone after them a lot around an iPhone. But in their prime, Google's primary business of search advertising, like Apple is an extraordinarily convenient partner uh, because for a long time, Apple, uh, Google has been the default search engine for Apple. And, and now that it's the subject of a Department of Justice antitrust case, uh, I think this is pr- the chief reason why Facebook meta has been griping very publicly about what Apple's been doing and you haven't heard a peep from Google. Uh, and in part because their search business is less affected. like search business search ads in general are less reliant on the kind of third party cookies. YouTube, however, is is heavily reliant on the fact that they want to like they can serve much better and higher priced ads if they know all the videos that you've watched, all the other websites you visited, you know, all the sort of granularity that this this entire complex machinery of online advertising is built upon.
1: So can we actually take a step back? And mm-hmm. can you maybe explain exactly how the market operated before Apple's big switch? Because this is not something that I am entirely familiar with, other than, as Joe mentioned, You know, suddenly you get all these notices on your phone saying, yeah. do you want to opt into data tracking?
2: Yeah. I mean, it it, it is, uh, I think, remarkably similar to sort of financial m- markets in its like, Complexity and opacity. Um, like there are effectively like, like two-sided markets, right? There's a buy side and a sell side, where you have, you know, publishers that are out there, like have a lot of online real estate, and that's everything from Bloomberg.com and the New York Times to like your very popular mobile apps that that uh, and Snapchat, Twitter, right? Like Twitter has real estate, and 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 then there are a bunch of marketers that want to get in front of consumers. Uh, Google has the machinery on both sides, like they own both sides of the market. Um, And Google is the world's biggest digital advertising company. They have been for for decades now. The sort of primary way that online publishers have have monetized is with Google AdSense. Uh, That basically AdSense is the same exact model on YouTube, just taken over to video. So it is the world's biggest online video advertising service by far. Uh, And effectively, it's a very easy and increasingly automated system where if I'm a marketer, I'm and g P&G, P&G spends, you know, millions of, uh, of dollars and, and billions of dollars in marketing. Uh, I'm going to go to Google and I'm going to kind of give them a chunk of money. Effectively, it goes through a bunch of ad ad agencies and then Google is going to allocate that based on, you know, oh, we're going to give this to search in front of people whenever they type a, a keyword. We're going to put this on display to put on the you know the Bloomberg.com's of the world. And we're going to allocate this to, to video, knowing that we can actually Reach in this very hyper targeted way uh, the consumers we want to reach.
0: Are there speculators who might be the equivalent of a hedge fund or a trading desk who will buy ad inventory just on the assumption that they can flip it and sell it for more <laughs> than what that person was selling
2: for? Uh, I haven't heard of that one. There's certainly like all sorts of middlemen. Uh, in the industry. And, you know, you, you, there were time in the era, I'm sure this still happens, but I used to go to all these advertising conferences and, you know, all sorts of ad tech companies that, you know, you, they you asked them what they do. And it's this, you don't really understand where they sit in the stack, right? There's just like all sorts of complexities and and they're programmatic advertising yeah. companies that just do one thing on mobile. And there was Bluetooth advertising was a big hot thing where you could actually like serve an ad to a consumer right when they're in front of the Colgate. Uh, at the aisle like this was I mean, this was we're moving towards this world. And and certainly before Apple stepped in uh, of 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 incredible like their geofencing, be able to like get your cellular data and know your exact location and push alerts. And um, I mean, this is why it's under so much privacy and antitrust scrutiny uh, is because it became quickly invasive uh, and, and incredibly unregulated.
1: Every Friday, Matt and Katie will dive into all the Wall Street finance and other things that make Matt's newsletter such a hit.
0: You can listen to Money Stuff the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So can you talk to us maybe about like how important data targeting yeah. or targeting of an, uh, an audience actually is? Because I think we he- we hear these things like, oh, it's it makes it harder for advertisers yeah. if they're not able to track your data. Like, why is that so important and like th- can you maybe give us some numbers around how valuable a, a targeted ad is versus an untargeted one I don't even know if untargeted ads exist on the internet anymore. oh yeah I've- well and just
0: on on to sort of uh, add on to Tracy's question like let's say I go to golf.com yeah okay how, the ads that I get like how much is it oh I'm, he's on golf.com, he probably wants to mm-hmm. read about golf as opposed to ads that I get that maybe you know the last 10 sites I went to is like pets.com or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And so my like how valuable is it for golf.com to be able to know that I also like pets? I mean, there there's
2: all sorts of open and unsolved questions about the uh, the the value and ex like precision of online advertising. The classic example is like you go and you buy a pair of sneakers and then all you see are ads yeah. for the same exact sneakers, like just following you around the internet, right? It's like I just bought these. Why do you like the, the world's biggest tech companies that so supposedly know a lot about you, like can't solve that. Problem. You bought
1: one pair of sneakers. Yeah, you, yeah, must you want might more. want another one, right? Well, I do, but, but I definitely <laughs> don't
0: need a second uh, stove.
2: Yeah, I I, I mean two. I think that that to a certain extent, the like the you know YouTube is a really interesting example in part. Like they they have they built this very uh, a fantastic targeting model where they can like show an ad to a viewer. You, you mentioned like if you watch about of golf channels, right? Like you're if you're an advertiser, you are going to probably want to get in front of that, you know, if you're, if you're selling golf gear or clubs, you want to get in front of that person that's watching a lot of the YouTube videos, they have this uh, feature, I'm sure the skippable ad format, which is a major part of their success it was because, you know, if, if the consumer is actually watching this because they didn't click the skip button. Oh, that's worth a lot more money. And right. if Nike runs an ad that didn't skip, Adidas is going to want to pay more in, in this automated bidding system. And this is why like Google Search kind of works really well with scarcity too where it's like they can drive up the the cost per per mill or cost per click
0: um, pretty high in these in these scarce markets. Well, let's go back then to the Apple situation directly. Prior to this policy change, what was an iPhone user giving to? Various apps when they use them, and when did the policy change? And what are they getting now from those users?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, some of it is is really hard to trace, but but you know, in in if I was an iPhone user and I'm using maybe like uh, a Chrome or even Safari, um, you're getting a lot of background data. And that's like, there's a lot of uh, ad companies you probably never heard of who are like serving a, a cookie on you, on your. Um, uh, your mobile browsing, some of it there. There are companies that have like invented ways to do um, deep linking between when you bounce from an app to the web, right? This is this has always been Google's fear of Apple in some ways, is that Apple is uh, only you know, if your only experience on an iPhone is just moving from app to app, right? Like that is you're 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 no longer going through the turnstile of the internet, which is Google, um, and so. Certainly, amount of data about the, the websites you visited, how long you link, like what you click on, all all those sort of signals. Is my understanding is like the, with now that they've kind of fully eliminated third party cookies, and, yeah. and Google is has said they're doing the same for Chrome, uh, which is they own the, the Chrome browser. Um, it is actually this Google has pushed that timeline back several years. I think now it's they say twenty twenty four, and so the idea like basically like these third party sites that do the tracking uh, will not, you effectively will not be able to know, um, uh, your internet history of like huh. what, you know, if you visit golf.com and then you go to ESPN, ESPN doesn't know that you visited visit a golf.com, right? ESPN might just sees you as a sports fan. They don't see you as like a golf fanatic.
1: What scope do companies have to sort of bypass Apple's restrictions on this? Like, is there a lot of leeway to still somehow track people, even if they've opted out?
2: This is, I'm not an expert, but Google and Facebook have both sort of invented these machine learning models that can like walk in backwards, right? It kind like, of like
1: build proxies yeah, of your yeah. activity, They're right? Exactly. Yeah. They're,
2: um, they both have different like jargony names for the, for the services, but effectively that's it. Like, oh, we're going to... Uh, we're going to put you in a group of people. I'm going to keep going back to this golf example. We're yeah. going to put you in a group of, we don't know that that you, Joe are, are actually visiting this, but we know that there's enough like golf fans doing this activity or using this app. And so we can approximate, I mean, the, the a real issue here is that there's Google and Facebook are, you know, have been in a duopoly in this world for a very long time. That is the the third. The actual challenger now is Amazon, right? Like, certainly not a small company. Like, Amazon's ads business has grown tremendously in the past few years, uh, and they're less threatened by this because they also—it's sort of, all in-house, right? Amazon's business is based on like the activity on on Amazon properties. Um, so that's one way that 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 companies have got around it. The big push also that all the platforms—you see a bunch of ad tech companies have pivoted towards commerce, e-commerce, especially during the pandemic.
0: For what it's worth and for listeners, I don't even golf and I don't have a pet, so I don't know why I use those <laughs> examples. It just no I just, golf, you sorry. know, needed to get that out there. The ads that I've been getting on Instagram lately have been absolute garbage. The worst target in it's just unbelievable. Wait, is that true? OK, because yeah. the
1: ads that I've been getting on Instagram, because I, 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 I experimented with this because I got really interested. And I was like, where are they getting this info from? Yeah. It seems to be coming in through Google. It's like if you do a Google search, do a search, it shows up yeah, on
2: Instagram. Yeah. yeah, or there's the one that they always have to debunk, which is like if you're talking the, right. micro, the microphone right. thing. Right. I tried that too. I tried that too.
1: Yeah. My um, husband and I did baby carriages. We're oh, not having a baby, but just as an experiment yeah. to see like what would show up. Nothing if you talk about them in front of Alexa, but if you Google search for it, they show up on Instagram.
2: Uh, I mean, Google has, it, we're, Google for a long time, we kept, tried to keep, they had like a state and church and state separation from like search and the rest of the display internet. Huh. That started changing in 2015. Uh, and, and, um, in part, that was just about a financial concern. Like they wanted to give more data to the ad tech industry. It was just a bigger growth, but for a long time, at least they said, and 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 people I've talked to in the early days, like have this almost religious belief that like your searches, I mean, you know, Google has our most intimate data, right? Like the things we're searching for, we tell Google things that we wouldn't tell our spouses kind of, right? Like, uh, and, and so like that search data is incredibly valuable to a marketer if they're, you know, trying selling pharmaceuticals or lawyers, right? Like those kind of, those are the industries that typically have incredibly high uh, search ads because they're people that are really in demand for, for a particular thing. Uh, uh, Instagram is, I mean, Facebook has, you know, it's so funny, people talk about how crappy the ad qualities are, and yet like their as business, you know, certainly has been suffering because of Apple's changes, but it's still that, right? But like the, the, one of the two kings of of the industry.
0: Well, then talk about what we've seen specifically. So when you say, okay, because this is the core of the whole thing. When we talk about their businesses has started to suffer because of the policy changes that Apple has made, what are we seeing concretely in terms of how it's spilling off?
2: Yeah, I mean, like the dollars, I think some of this was, you know, the fact there are like macroeconomic factors and for marketing, there's right. the war in Ukraine and, and then there's just the pandemic in general. But but in part, you know, if you're an advertiser and your choices are between, say, like television or billboard ad and, and, and Facebook, yeah. the argument for online has always been like. You know, the, the, there's a joke about TV. Like I, I don't, you, you put your ad up there and you've no idea who's watching necessarily and, and, um, that's just sort of like brand advertising. Right. And, and, um, in the industry, there's brand and there's direct response and the direct response are ads are the one where you want people to make a, an immediate action, like you want them to install an app, buy a thing. Um, this, so this is, you know, Apple's changes have made it much more difficult to do that. Uh, and so, there's they're getting, you know, they have to be more reliant on on brand advertising, the sort of contextual, just
0: old. But just to be clear, do we know like have they put a dollar amount, or did yeah, they say, you know what, this Facebook put a dollar.
2: Facebook put a amount on there actually, and I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, I mean, their market cap has taken a huge hit, and some right. of it is regulation. But have they really been regulated? Yeah, like it's just there's kind of just the the mm. specter of regulation. It's not like Congress hasn't gone after. Um, The only real big tech regulation I talk about in the book is the FTC went after YouTube for uh, illegally targeting kids with with collecting uh, data on children under 13. Um, And and that's another area where, like, there's this whole online academy that's been unregulated and, and, you know, you're not allowed to to collect data on children under under 13. And yet a lot of companies have done that. I mean We don't know the numbers for YouTube in part because they don't share their financial data. Uh, But what was what was Meta's mark
0: drop valuation drop in the past? I don't, uh, don't know. You, a, but a lot, a lot. It is definitely. I just a lot. I, I'll just say this: I'm not. Let's see. Actually, the the stock went from around three hundred and sixty to one hundred and sixty, and the market cap at the peak of twenty twenty one was about one point oh six trillion, and now it's four hundred and twenty. Yeah, I mean, trillion. Facebook is cheap. And so, so, so then, okay. Of that roughly half a trillion dollar market cap, has anyone made an attempt to say how much can we ascribe this to? Apple and the cha- that change in the online network. Facebook's
2: business is primarily mobile advertising
0: um, and a- iPhones. In, there was
2: a new stat, I think, recently that they're now the they the just leapfrogged Android in the U.S. It's the most popular hmm. uh, system. Apple has historically been uh, the um, Apple phones just make, make a lot more money per user than right. Android phones do. Uh, and so we can assume that Facebook makes a lot more money on, on iPhones than on Android. And so that is a bulk of their business. And, and I think it's, we could say, like a significant impact.
1: So you mentioned antitrust a number of times and also the sensitivity of like Google complaining about what Apple is doing, mm-hmm. given that they have a slightly different relationship with Apple than something like Meta, and also given that they're under um, antitrust scrutiny themselves. But what are the chances that we do get some sort of antitrust? action when it comes to Apple and their transparency push because it, it seems like it, it seems a little difficult. It's like on the one hand well you you know you own the product you're making it a walled garden you're cutting people off from it but on the other hand you say you're doing it for privacy reasons right That should sound good to regulators
2: right they, they've had more Apple certainly had more uh, pressure around the the app store and the accusation that they're running on like an app store monopoly or, or um, right. and that you know if you own an iPhone you be're basically like Apple is the gatekeeper. Um, and, and, and I think this digital advertising and there's certainly companies in, in the advertising space that can complain about that. Like Apple's one movement from Cupertino has single-handedly like has r- huge ripple effects for this multi-billion dollar digital advertising world. I, I think that as far as I understand, Apple has faced some in Congress and, uh, the Epic lawsuit, the, the creators of Fortnite have sued Apple also sued Google, but. They've really gone after Apple um, about this is about app in store app fees for for Fortnite games. I I think that like for for Google's case the the most likely outcome from an antitrust might be to kneecap some of their ad tech and and like the way their digital advertising works.
1: Every Friday, Matt and Katie will dive into all the Wall Street finance and other things that make Matt's newsletter such a hit.
0: You can listen to Money Stuff the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what about for small businesses that I mean th- this is the argument in favor of like hyper targeted yeah. advertising that's like I can get it's like are you looking for a new dentist in the east village yes. or teeth whitening or something yeah, like that yeah, they yeah. could be like hyper targeted like, oh my god how do they know i, I need that <laughs> teeth white i'm doing video for odd lots now i'm doing yeah, i need yeah, teeth whitening yeah. you hear about these complaints but sometimes it, you can't tell if it's like astroturf like some group that facebook like may have like c- encouraged like how real is this for the companies? They were able to like find a model because they're really good at like uh, you know finding their exact potential customers. Yeah, I'm the part of the the success of Facebook
2: and Google has been the long tail, of yeah, like the mom and pop advertisers. Uh, Facebook has leaned into this a lot as a response to Google as well. They're going to to Amy Klobuchar's office in Congress and saying, like, why are you trying to hurt small businesses? Right. And like, that might be a compelling argument. Um, Certainly it has political because like for a
0: P&G, like everyone is going to buy laundry detergent or something. Right. But and so for them, I don't know if they need as hyper targeting as like. Yeah.
2: I mean, like P&G level, they basically operate as like a They'd like big and they they have all these ad agencies that yeah. effectively operate as consultancies and like they are looking at spread like they're running ads with spreadsheets and algorithms and like moving the numbers around mm-hmm. and so yes um, I, I think that is somewhat compelling um, the fact that they're and probably going to continue to like they know the argument that that Facebook and, and Google will make you know y- despite these changes around you know, we, we lose some of our our targeting and richness um, the audience is still here like Mm-hmm. We, like relative, this has been like YouTube's argument for, for uh, over a decade now is like compared to television, there are so many more people and so many more hours spent on YouTube and that the amount of money, the marketing dollars spent on television is not proportionate. Like right. if you need if you're like want to if you want to challenge and, and there have been some challenger brands in uh, CPG, right? Like the challenge, the real smart challenger brands will like be where the kids are and we'll be like get in front of the audience on, on digital and do like sponsored content deals and and like can lean into digital advertising. That's, that's effectively works, right? Like these companies have grown because that argument has worked and money is moving
0: over from TV to the internet. What exactly is Apple's search and advertising business? Like there's not an Apple search engine, right? Like what exactly are we talking about when we say Apple's really
2: like- Yeah, I mean, there the is, space? there's Siri, which is okay, an Apple
0: okay. search engine in, in some ways, right?
2: Um, there's the App Store, uh, which I think is that's where the expect, like if you look at the tea leaves on where they're hiring and putting resources, it is to run like effectively like a search advertising business mm, in the App Store. the App Store. Yeah, like you want to promote, um, I don't know, like you're searching for like Uber and Lyft's like, I want to like, Spend money to be up the top result when you search for Uber, and then people are going to click on Lyft. Right.
1: So what's the sort of like game plan from the Facebooks of the world or the YouTubes of the world? Like what can they do to actually try to offset this? And I guess a very extreme example, but, you know, could, I don't know, could Facebook like launch its own phone or something? Mm. Like if the idea is to get as close to a customer as possible. Yes.
2: Well, this, I mean... Google has right. Like I'm, I got a Pixel, Google Pixel in front of me. In part because it's a company I cover, and and uh, Google Pixel was a response because like they, you know, Google has Android, the open source software model. They give away their software for free to Samsung and like a galaxy of pun intended, a galaxy of uh handset <laughs> makers. Um, and that they like for a long time like Google was like, okay, these will be rivals to Apple, and it hasn't really happened. And Apple, like I said, has just premium. They like people spend more money on iPhones. And then I think Google saw in part they're investing in Pixel because they saw this world. They're like, oh, our digital advertising model is not going to last for a long time. We need to own and operate the actual hardware. I we reported on this quite a bit. Uh, Facebook has tried several times. It looks like, I mean, their company is now pivoting towards like I think Mark Zuckerberg's bet is that we're going to stick a phone in our face (laughs) and he's going to own that. Right. And like so that's their. They've renamed the company Meta, like Facebook's existential crisis has always been that Google and Apple own the operating systems uh, where they make most of their money. And so the, the move in the metaverse is Facebook will have
0: the. Why are we even recording systems. this all together at a studio? We could You'd be like be legless, avatars. legless yeah. avatars around
2: uh, a Frightening thought. Google, they, so Google and YouTube um, and, and, and uh, the rest of social media is is commerce, like uh, pushing commerce pretty aggressively um and this looks like i think more ways to purchase directly you know buy something directly in instagram for instance um buy something directly in a youtube video like i think they're running into like the the uncanny valley of how much do you want social media to look like the home shopping network <laughs> uh but the, the youtube and, and and part of the reason i wrote this book is really fascinating like they built up the millions, there are about 2 million, over 2 million creators that make money on YouTube. That number is actually down from when the company had to make it a little bit harder. But that's a lot of uh, yeah. that's just that's a whole economy. So many of them are now comfortable because the uh, of, because of it's been harder and increasingly harder to make money and then to make now with with Apple's changes uh, higher ad rates online. So they're moving towards and you can if you watch enough YouTube, you'll like a lot of them have sponsored content deals. Right? Or they're just like trying right. to sell their merch and their merchandise tip you know, like tabs and they're looking in the channel. I think they're they're experimenting. TikTok is also moving in commerce. Like that is a direct response to Apple and to privacy regulation um cutting out carving out the like uh the, the profitability of, of ad, online ads.
0: So, you know, just last big picture. Does it feel like this is the end of you know, Tracy mentioned like if I don't remember when we did it, f three or four years ago, someone came on and talked to us about the extent to which the entire internet is all ads. And does it feel like, the? does this feel like a turning point? Because then, and I don't want to even like talk about, I don't even wanna say the say the word, but like web three and this like yeah. idea of like there's Please, gonna yeah. be like something else that's like we have to like buy coins for I'm Mark actually
1: surprised Andrew. we made it like thirty
0: minutes. No ads, we just like buy wait, coins for Mark Andreessen in order Let's to use the internet. Like the, is like, that like is that is this a turning point? Is this the the
2: possibility moment? of web three notwithstanding, like the criticism of the Andreessens of the world is like look at this this economy we built around yeah. online advertising is not the world we want and like i think i'll share an anecdote from the book which is you know youtube started like a, a decade ago youtube was not making money it was it was unprofitable right. um and they had there they, they were trying to after the financial crisis they're like okay we need to make money from this thing and there was an ads manager who gave a presentation on stage about how they were going to do it and sergey bren who um this is not confirmed but sergey bren my reporting sergey bren is a founder of google worth. How much is Sergey worth? One of the world's wealthiest men, largely based on a search advertising business, made a joke about how, uh, you know, how the YouTube ads were like, he interrupted the speech being like, haha, like YouTube, Ads are interruptive, disruptive, and we. Ninety-five point seven billion, by yeah. the way. Yeah, like the the founders of Google have you could just never hundred
1: billion okay. at that
0: point. <laughs> we got a it accurate <laughs> here at Bloomberg. Yeah, uh,
2: the founders have like notoriously never loved advertising as a business model. Huh. Like, it, it has clearly been successful for them. Like, they will make a discrep. Like, a lot of them will be like, search ads, search ads. You're delivering a thing that you really want, and the rest of the ads is kind of icky. And like, there's a sense. It's this weird irony in the fact that they're biggest online advertising company and yet a lot of people that work there like don't love this it's kind of sleazy market like people in marketing know this right i think
1: they think of it as like old economy right like ad sales
2: absolutely true and so i web web 3 or whatever like (laughs) uh i I think that you can the, the sort of case inside silicon valley is like here's a chance for us to reinvent ourselves in google's history like in the past decade they've been just trying to find a business that's not reliant on ads cloud computing is the, the main one. You know, YouTube has subscriptions. There's YouTube TV, uh, there, there's like they've been always searching for ways to move past this um, in part for all the reasons we talked about and in part because they don't love it. Mm, right? Uh, and, and, but at the same time, like, you know, YouTube was once competing with Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney on original programming and subscriptions. They mostly dropped out. They're like, let these companies like bury themselves competing for subscribers. We're just gonna continue to dominate a a pretty good margin heavy business, even after after Apple changes. Like online ads can remains a, a pretty successful business and Google's testing for that.
0: Mark Bergen, congrats on the book and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me.
1: So I thought that was really interesting, Joe, and the whole transparency push by Apple was not something that was really on my radar yeah. other than I sort of like clocked it a little bit when I was using my phone, but I hadn't have thought of the impact on other businesses. But I thought it was interesting what Mark was saying about this idea that for a lot of these big tech companies, like they want to get away yeah. from the business of ad sales and it feels like that almost from inception like there's almost an aversion to anything to do with media from the tech companies even though ultimately they're in the business of selling media right like no one actually wants to be a content producer
2: right at least youtube (laughs)
1: does it um and when you You know, this idea of actually having to go out and sell ads, like it does seem kind of old fashioned.
0: It does. And I remember thinking about that too, because, right, when like Google came on the scene, Mm. it was like this sort of wow factor. It's like this magical money machine because you tell the computer what you're looking (laughs) for. And then that's the most amazing form of ads. But then, Then a few years later, and they probably have like whole teams internally dedicated to like taking ad sales buyers from Procter & Gamble to the US Open or like taking them out for wine and stuff. It's like, man, this is like, this is kind of like old school. This doesn't seem very techy to me.
1: Yeah. And I guess my other big takeaway from that conversation is we should be telling people to uh, like, comment and subscribe, right?
0: (laughs) We should definitely be telling people to like, comment and subscribe. So please do that. Uh, if you're listening, you know, just one other thing, you know, it always seems and Mark was talking about like the sort of the incredible ecosystem of ad tech companies and how there's like nine middlemen. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, I've always thought there is an interesting and I asked that question about speculators like there's there, the interesting analogy between online ads and Financial markets. Mm-hmm. Whereas you might find an edge at some point, like, oh, this ad right. uh, capacity space is really cheap here. Or I found a really cheap way to get in front of these high dollar clients. And then everyone discovers it. Right. And then the alpha into goes like away.
1: arbitrage yeah, that really yeah. quickly. So
0: it's like, and then the search for the new one. And so you think, well, why is there this like endless parade of ad tech companies? <laughs> and it's like everyone like trying to find that arb. But look, if data is going to be harder to come by, that's going to, People are going to have to really do, put into more work
1: yeah and then the question is what is the new edge because people got so into targeted advertising like what comes next
0: you know we don't talk about like tech business a lot maybe we should talk a little because these just there's so you know these companies are obviously so important in our entire lives for, for many
1: many years we haven't really had to talk about tech business because right, the share it, prices just, they went just went up, up.
0: they yeah. just went up but uh yeah now i guess the question is is the future is like to use the internet we got to buy a coin <laughs> from, from Andreessen Horowitz.
1: All right. On that happy note, shall we leave it there? Let's leave it there. Okay. This has been another episode of the All Thoughts podcast. I'm Tracy Alloway. You can follow me on Twitter at Tracy Alloway.
0: And I'm Joe Weisenthal. You can follow me on Twitter at The Stalwart. Follow our guest on Twitter, Mark Bergen. He's at MH Bergen. And check out his new book, Like, comment, subscribe inside YouTube's chaotic rise to world domination. Follow our producer, Carmen Rodriguez, at Carmen Armin. And check out all of our podcasts at Bloomberg under the handle at Podcasts. Thanks for listening.